In spring 1964, International Business Machines Chair and CEO Tom Watson, Jr., was already widely esteemed as the most successful head of a major corporation in mid-20th century America. Watson had an immense capacity for work and drew out similar efforts from others. He displayed boundless common sense, but was no genius, and to his benefit he knew it. So he probed persistently until he mastered what mattered. He brought keen judgment to business questions, made bold, prompt, firm decisions, and communicated his reasoning forcefully and with clarity. He conversed comfortably with workers and brutalized any manager who dared equivocate. IBM executives were handsomely rewarded for success and punished for failure. All IBMers could expect lifelong employment, and IBM thrived like no other business in the world. As a result, IBM topped surveys of America's most admired companies year after year. Then, on April 7th, Watson made what he called the most important product announcement in company history. But the man Fortune magazine would later tag as the greatest capitalist who ever lived and name one of the four businessmen of the century, Henry Ford, Alfred P. Sloan Jr., and Bill Gates were the others, let his confidence in IBM get the better of him. As a result, IBM would skate near financial collapse, and his own life would be shaken to its foundations. And in the end, he would lead IBM in its launch of the information technology revolution, touching all our lives to this day. In the years since his return from flying for the United States Army Air Forces in the Second World War, he had wrestled a stodgy firm taken over by his father, Thomas Watson Sr., in 1914, into the new age of electronic computing. And in his eight years so far as IBM's chief leading to this day, he had built the company into an information technology development, manufacturing, and computer sales juggernaut. He created an unparalleled research and development engine, possessed a seemingly bottomless war chest, oversaw an unrivaled sales and service force, and commanded a global industrial infrastructure. IBM owned every market it was in, including 70% of the nascent computer industry. More like an entrepreneurial enterprise than a multinational industrial colossus with 150,000 employees, IBM was fast approaching the $3.3 billion annual sales mark, equivalent today to almost $31 billion. That was about four times the revenue of just eight years earlier, when he had become CEO. Unprecedented growth for a corporation of its size. In 1955, one year prior to his becoming CEO, a Time magazine cover story headlined Clink, Clank, Think, profiled Watson, then IBM's tall, movie-idle, handsome 41-year-old president, and the marvelous new electronic brain he championed. After just four years of commercial sales, computers had as yet touched very few lives. Nonetheless, the world was already growing obsessed with the new thinking machines. And now, less than a decade later, IBM computers were rapidly automating operations inside many of the world's largest corporations and research laboratories, as well as government agencies. In the midst of the Cold War, 
its computers scanned the skies for Soviet missiles and jets for the interlinked North American Strategic Defense Network. NASA's IBM computers were sending men into Earth orbit. The nervous system for the world's first online flight reservation network relied on IBM computers. Other IBM machines filled remote stock trade orders in real time. Computers developed at IBM processed business accounts and printed paychecks, figured insurance rates, predicted election results, scored college admission exams, modeled jet aerodynamics, and calculated nuclear weapons blast waves. Computers tallied the census, translated foreign words, retrieved historical data, played games, even sang tunes. <laughs>